Hello everyone and welcome back to A Pint With Peter, part two of Getting Into Pakistan, episode five. It was, you know, it's good to get back into it after our little break and I think my dad's really getting into it now. Some of you may not know this, he used to be a teacher and I think it's starting to show through, you know, we're getting geography lessons, history lessons, culture lessons. So I'm going to stop nattering now and we're just going to jump straight back into it. When you were in Afghanistan, um, talking about law and order and border checks and so on, they were, I told you before, when we entered Afghanistan, the border guards asked us if we wanted any dough. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's how laid back they were. Um, but uh, they would very lax, uh, you could go to any pharmacy in Kabul or, or Herat or in, in Kandahar, and you could basically, particularly if you had the gift of the gab, you could get anything you wanted for a price. You know, they weren't bothered. So putting this all together, bearing in mind that the idea was to get across Pakistan as fast as you could, uh, before we, we left Kabul, we went to the local pharmacy where we got quite friendly with the guy. And we, I think I think we paid thirty five Afghanis, and we paid thirty five Afghanis for um, a box of Dexedrin, which yeah? is a little yellow amphetamine uh, tablets. Okay. Dexies. That's where the Dexies Midnight Runner comes from. Have you heard of that song? Yeah, I probably have. Dexies have. Midnight. I'm rubbish with bands. So it? you know, we're on the bus at, at Kabul and. Uh, it was, um, as I say, it was the Pakistani bus. So we drove to Islamabad, and um, I've got to be honest with you. Um, in in Islamabad, what, what I really remember is the um, the old Islam Islamabad it is the the weapons making shops, the whole streets of people putting together. You know, as I say, rifles and uh, stuff like that. I mean, and the skill of these people is absolutely incredible. They weren't using um, power tools or anything. They were building, you know, working rifles and, and stuff just by using lathes and, and, and hand tools. And if you, were, if you were so inclined, you could have bought anything. If you, would, if you would have said to one of those, well, they, you, were, you were being hassled a little bit, yeah. you know, do you want one? You, you could have probably bought a handgun. You know, back then, for maybe a fiver, something like that, you could have bought anything you want. And that's why the area, even now, has a, a lot of lawlessness, because there are no... I think even in parts of Pakistan now, there are no real gun controls. You know, if you, if you want to own a gun, if you want, if you want an AK-47 or something like that, you, you can just get one. Just pick it up. Yeah. Were you and your mate ever tempted, or did you, did you ever... No, no, we weren't, we weren't that mad. So there we were with our... <laughs> Quickly brushed Slightly mad, but yeah. not that mad. <laughs> amphetamines and... Um, Amphetamine and guns. So the thing about amphetamines is uh, you are hyper alert... You are very, I'm quite chatty anyway, you probably work that out. You are very talkative. Yeah. You're probably talking shit 90% <laughs> of the time. But, um, but the other thing is you don't eat. You know, it's, the, the, as I told you before, they, uh, another name for them was Mother's Little Helpers. So 
I'm not being sexist here, because I'm sure guys had them as well, but if you were, um, you know, a bit of a fat lady, or what does your mum call them, Bonnie, if you were a bit of a Bonnie lass, back in the day, you could go to your GP and they'd just ladle these amphetamine tablets out. I mean, some were really, really strong. Well, it's like I always think of, um, what's that film, Chris, you'll help me. The one we, I need a bit more information on what's that film. Jared Leto in. And his mum is trying to fit into a red dress and she's taking amphetamines mm. and then the progress of the story for her is she essentially becomes an addict and gets put into a loony bin. But yeah, they are her friends pushed her on them because she's I think she's going on a TV show and um, yeah. she's like, Oh, I need to fit into the red dress, so she'll give yeah. her amphetamines. Chris is yeah. oh, I trying to it's going to annoy me now, this. See, this, this is the problem you've got in the States at the moment with methamphetamine. I mean, for, for your rednecks in particular, meth, as crystal meth as they call it, it's, it's highly addictive. But the thing is, it uh, very quickly takes you over. Um, your teeth begin to rot and, <laughs> and you become skeletally thin and you become psychotic. Um, and we, we'd been taking these speed tablets quite a lot and what you got to remember was uh, yeah I'm not saying I was Mr. Stability but uh, I was much more stable than the guy I was traveling with and the guy I was traveling with who was fantastic company but he, um, he, he could be very volatile so he had a very volatile nature and interestingly it gives you kind of a bit of an insight into the um, healthcare at, at the time Although he came from a reasonably well-off family, uh, Barney had specs. He didn't wear them all the time. And his specs, I can see them now, they were like John Lennon specs. You know what I mean? They were yeah, just ra round, round bottle ends. But because he was um, a bit careless in his habits, shall we say, these specs were always breaking. <laughs> so his kind of medical kit if you want it was a roll of sellotape and to be honest I, I don't think he'd lost his teeth because of taking speed to be honest I mean <laughs> I mean my teeth my teeth went when I, I was what 16 something like that as you know my teeth my two front teeth were knocked out by a cricket ball that's a different story yeah, so um, is yeah? <laughs> but he, he he had a denture but his denture was a bit really ill-fitting and uh, on a bad day, the other part of the, his toolkit, by the way, was a tube of Evo stick, if you know what Evo yeah. stick is. It's like super glue. Yeah. I mean, God knows what he was doing to his mouth. So on a bad day, uh, when you were travelling with him and, uh, and the speed was wearing off, because you get ter terrible come-downs on it, it's like a depression, like you, you just don't believe. Um, on a bad day, it'd be scorching hot because as you, as you come down from the mountains, even though it was what October, I guess, could take us about a month to get this far, by the way. Uh, it was really, really hot, uh, you know, 80, 90 degrees easily. And of course, on these buses, even this nice Pakistani bus, it was hard going because you were crammed in. Uh, and, you know, there seemed to be a a million times more flies back in those days. You know, it was hot, it was dusty, it was fly blown. On a bad day, you'd have Barney having a come down 
you'd have his glasses giving him trouble, and you'd have his dentures needing repair. So it's like it's a real horror trip. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, he, because of his, I mean, you see, in the history books, you know, if you look at a history book, say for younger kids, it'll have like I can see it now. It'll you have like a page showing a couple of uh, hippies in a park somewhere wearing a floral shirt and they'll have the beads and uh, you know, the hippie chick will have flowers in yeah. her hair. But take it from me, guys, it wasn't like that. For every genuine, peace-loving hippie, there was an arsehole like Barney, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, uh, who could be very sweet and saintly on occasion, but on the other hand, he could be almost psychopathic. Um, I'm kind of imagining, what's that character for with Neil and I? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm drawing a blank yeah. today, it's his yeah. heat. Yeah, we met quite, the guy with the carrots. Yeah. Yeah, the guy, the guy with the carrots over there tended to be French. Yeah. Tended to be French and, and also psychotic. Uh, but after uh, spending probably quite a lot of time in, in Kabul, um, smoking dope and... Uh, taking amphetamines because what you've got is uppers and downers you with me yeah if you smoke dope it mellows you out if you take amphetamines it, it really hypes you up so you have one to counteract the other i mean i'm not going to go into sordid detail here but the other uh drug of choice back then they were called mandrax which are hypnotics they're, they're like sleeping pills so, like so you, 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 yeah. you get into that cycle you get into that cycle yeah. of uppers and downers so basically when when we set off from kabul the specs were failing the teeth were failing his mood was wasn't good and i've written here speed equals danger equals paranoia <laughs> equals pterodactyls so i remember <laughs> get into we, we traveled uh, on this bus to um, Islamabad, where we saw all the guns and so on and so forth. And from Islamabad, we, when we finished with the Sikh guy and so on, from Islamabad, we caught um, another bus to Lahore. And by this time, you, you're talking a night bus. So you're talking about getting on a bus at uh, 10 o'clock at night and because of the condition of the roads then, uh, you'd be arriving in, in, in Lahore at maybe 8 o'clock in the following morning, you know what I mean? Um, so we, we were really wired when, when we got on that bus and um, I remember travelling through Pakistan and it was, it was bad enough. Uh, looking at the Khyber Pass, you know, where you'd see uh, a lorry that had gone down kind of 3,000 feet and you'd yeah. see all these dead sheep gather around it. Um, in, in Pakistan, I was looking at a website earlier on, yeah, what side of the road do Pakistanis drive on? And it's, they drive on the left. And then it's got a bracket saying, but some fancy the right. <laughs> yeah? yeah? So it's that's how it is. And back then, the roads were pretty appalling. And um, it was it was like being in, 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 in part in a nightmare. You know, you were, you were on this bus. It wasn't a great bus. It was rickety. You were, you were jammed in. You, you were speeding. And uh, 
you'd, you'd kind of look out the window and, uh, you know, you'd see, I'm not making this up, you know, road traffic accidents with nobody in attendance and people kind of wandering around holding their head and blood on them, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I, I was getting quite psychotic and uh, I remember driving through this remote area of Pakistan and uh, literally seeing pterodactyls <laughs> up in the trees. Um, they were fantastic things, you know, you, you, you just, oddly you just kind of took it for granted because you couldn't do much about it. Yeah. You were just looking up saying, oh, aren't those pterodactyls interesting? And, and John was probably <laughs> seeing something else. And, uh, and then it's one of the few things I wrote down because I didn't keep a diary, but I, I've got somewhere just some little notes and recollections. I've, I've got a recollection of the pterodactyls and a little bit further down the road. I must have seen one of these Hindu posters, although you weren't in Pakistan, you know, but you do get Hindus living. You know, these, these, these garish posters where you see a goddess, Lakshmi, I think she's called, arising out of a lotus flower. Oh, yeah, I think you're with me talking yeah. about, yeah. And uh, I remember, it's funny what you remember, it'd make a great movie in a way. You know, the bus stops and you, you're kind of jammed in like this. And I used to keep my money in my boot, by the way. That's why yeah. I never had uh, it ripped off. I used to have um, like a secret compartment in the heel of my boots. Oh, clever thing. Oh, that's clever. Uh, so I never had my money nicked. So I remember sitting there and, uh, you know, just... It was only... Do you know the poem, Adelstrop? You probably no, don't. Yeah. Adelstrop. It's, it's Edward Thomas who was killed in the First World War. It's about a train stopping on a day like this at a little junction called Adelstrop and it, it really, it's like a moment in time. So this coach stopped and I, I was kind of cheek by jowl with this enormous poster of this Hindu goddess and when I looked really carefully she seemed to be wearing tights and she had a ladder in her tights and I, so I became really obsessed with this. You know, if, if a goddess is divine where does she get her tights from? <laughs> this is where your head goes. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I, 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 you know, we're travelling along saying, you know, does she get them from M&S? And, uh, <laughs> what sort of knickers might one of these goddesses? You know, that sort yeah. of vibe. Um, but I think what I must have done, I think we had a couple of these Mandys, and, I, and uh, you guys are probably lucky because you, you've never had these psychotic moments. When, when you're in that kind of mild psychosis, you, there's still a part of you that stands back from what you're thinking and saying, that's a bit fucking weird, isn't it? Um, maybe I'd better do something about this, you know, because you, yeah. you know, the next stage is you'll be hearing voices and so on. So I probably had a couple of Mandy's and uh, another recollection of that period of the journey. We, um, this is now about five o'clock in the morning. You know, half five in the morning. We pulled up, God knows where it was. It was, it was probably somewhere, you know, 15, 20 miles outside of Lahore. Um, and there's a market, yeah, we've got market stalls over there. You know, they're not like what, what we have here. You know, you're basically talking about a tarpaulin and like a, a wooden structure. And the guy um, setting out his melons or whatever, because the fruit over there is amazing. I told you before. and. Uh, I went over and had a chat with him, and he's from Birmingham. 
Oh, it's from Erdington. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt the Brummie accent. Mum no, tell, no. Julie tells me I'm from Crappert accent. So we had a really good chat and we, <laughs> we were talking about Erdington. So I used to go to a club in Erdington called The Mothers, the Mothers Club, which you, you could have a re- really good podcast on The Mothers Club. But he, he was reminiscing about his home in, in Erdington. And there he was in the middle of rural <laughs> Pakistan selling melons. It's kind of imaginary, really. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. That's the weird thing about these post-colonial countries. Um, when when you not in Afghanistan, but you notice gradual shifts. You know the type of bread you can buy changes. The types of food they offer change. In that part of the world, it suddenly becomes m- much more spicy. Would their uh, prices change on certain things as well? Like? Um, I think. The prices in Afghanistan when I was there would have been rock bottom. Um, I think the prices in Pakistan were a little bit higher, but we didn't stay there long enough yeah. to find out, really. You see, what really interests me about Pakistan is where, where, we crossed the bo- where we crossed the border into Pakistan. It was called the... So we left Pakistan at a place called Ganda Singh Walla. And back, back in the 1970s, this one closed down in uh, maybe the late 1970s. It's, it's closed down. But um, if you look at that Ganda Singh Walla, what you've got there is a combination of, of Sikh and, and Muslim names. And what, you, what you've got now, uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. What you've got now in uh, Pakistan-India border is another place. Uh, it's called, check it out, because you, you, you may be seeing this. It's called Wagha, W-A-G-H-A. That's where people go now. And at Wagha, they have this incredible ceremony where you've got the Indian army on one side and you've got the Pakistani army on the other side and they have really really elaborate costumes they have these wonderful plumed turbans and every evening you're talking a lot of people every evening they come out and they have a ceremony a flag ceremony and if you know rugby you know the hacker in rugby yeah, yeah where they have a standoff it's like that Go and check it. But back then, where, where we crossed was Ganda Singh Walla. And huh. um, my big recollection, because uh, we travelled the final leg of the journey, by the way, from uh, Lahore. We actually were on a train. We were actually on a train. Once you crossed the border into India, you, 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 you could, they had trains. Um, but my big thing about crossing the border... Even then, the tensions between India and Pakistan must have been incredibly high because, you know, when you, when you went in, into Afghanistan on the other side from Iran, it was basically like a sentry box, to be quite honest. It was like a sentry box and a barrier, you know, something you know, like, yeah, like yeah. a car park. It was left off. And maybe a bit of fencing and a couple of huts. Yeah. That would be it. It was that basic. Um, when you left Pakistan, the defence systems seem to be about at least a mile long. You, you went through an avenue of like tank traps and uh, you know, these enormous 10-ton uh, blocks of concrete you know, to stop 
Yeah, Armoured Vehicles. I was going to say some invasion part. Then you had like a no man's land. I remember it quite well. You had a no man's land with obviously electrified fences and so on. And then uh, you had the the customs place. And then then you had exactly the same on the other side. If you, again, if you check this out, the... One of the most amazing Google images, the Indian uh, government over the years have paid probably millions of dollars to build a system of floodlights, really bright floodlights that go all the way down the border. And it's one of the few things that can be seen from space. Wow. Oh, you can see an illuminated line, line <laughs> showing the border. And of course, don't forget now, both of these guys are nuclear armed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to give you a geography lesson, but, you know, the, the K, as, as I understand it in, in uh, Pakistan, the acronym is Kashmir. And Kashmir is, is around here. Yeah. And Kashmir is, is fantastically disputed now. It's amazing. You know, they, they, there's always little skirmishes and battles going on there now. Because basically, it's, it's the Brits fucked it up, you know, they just drew these imaginary yeah, lines. Yeah, um, imagine that. So, I mean, the railways, I mean, if, if you wanted to be a real, real anorak, you could have a complete podcast on Indian railways, <laughs> and indeed Pakistani railways, because this is a kind of legacy. It of, seems like every month Channel 4 or the BBC sends some celebrity right, on yeah. the oh, Indian railway. railways. Yeah. Mm. Taking a, we always have the fun joke of they're probably in a five star hotel trying to get the oh, yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, I, I hate to admit this, lads, this is a true confession, but I, along with many of my generation, <laughs> our key hobby was actually train spotting. Oh, Jesus. Oh, train spotting. Yeah, I can put up with the amphetamines, yeah, but I'm oh, pushing it now. Yeah, train spotting. In fact, we used to have little train spotting books and we'd spend nights down at the railway station. And we thought you were cool. Yeah, uh, you were cool. Avoiding pedos in the waiting rooms. Yeah, it's incredible. But we, we got, we got um, just to give you a little insight, we bought uh, a third class. You could, be, you could still get them now, actually. Cause as you know, I was in India a couple of years ago. We bought two third-class railway tickets to get from Islamabad, sorry, to get from Lahore to New Delhi, because New Delhi was where the um, consulate was, the Nepalese consulate was, so you could get get a pass to to get to Nepal. What would third-class get, yeah, is it? Well, do you know, Julie and I were talking about this earlier, um, Sadly, I mean, obviously what I'm talking about is the early 1970s, but we were in Kerala, as you know, quite recently, and we caught a train in Kerala, and we weren't travelling third class, but um, I have to be very honest with you, it it was actually very reminiscent of being in India in the 1970s. You're talking unbelievable... I mean, in the next podcast where I'll, I'll concentrate on India, I mean... Pakistan was, at that time, fairly undeveloped in terms of population and so on. But India, it it really was a culture shock. 
it, it's it stayed with me, right? It'll, it'll be with me till my dying day. It was genuinely a massive shock to the system. And uh, the first kind of uh, sensation of that was actually getting on the train. So I remember, uh, you know, getting on, you've got like a little cramped uh, cabin and you, you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, it's not too bad, this. And then suddenly, it's like one of those competitions where you're trying to get 60 people into a mini. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Suddenly, you, you are completely inundated and you are really hemmed in. And, uh, you know, the toilets and so on, it, it's medieval. It's, uh, it's, it's not, a gr not a great way to travel. So there we were, heading for New Delhi, and one of my big memories is um, crossing the Indus, crossing the Indus, which is a big river, that's why it's called the Indus Valley, it obviously it flows down from the Himalayas, and uh, putting my head out the window, and uh, this fantastic steel girder bridge, and these rivers, you know, the Indus, it's one of the biggest rivers in the world, I remember it, sort of very low and wide and, and brown, and then, hey, you know, we're heading for, for Delhi. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Was it one of those, you, you finally made it moments? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, as I say, nobody... The only guy I ever remember uh, who'd actually stayed in Pakistan for any uh, amount of time was a guy called, it's funny you remember the name, Dave Room, he was called. And Dave Room, somehow probably down to the mandrax and the amphetamines, he kind of got lost in, in, in Pakistan. And I think he, uh, he completely lost his way. And he was um, here in that place called uh, Mir and Shah, I think it's called. He ended up in Quetta, which is here. Yeah. And he ended up working in a brothel. <laughs> I remember chatting to him. He was like a helper in. A I was going to say, as a receptionist. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously it was a big selling point. So yeah. you know, Klaus's journey ended in Kabul. Dave Room's journey ended in some kind of squalid brothel yeah. in Quetta. And I think if you went on the internet and checked out all these hippie trail stories, you probably would find that people who kind of got lost on the way. In fact, it was amazing chatting, just bringing things full circle and wrapping it up. The guy I was chatting to in Pithweli, you know, the one with the Royal Enfield yeah. T-shirt, he had been, he went to Goa. See, back in the day, uh, once you got to New Delhi, depending on the time of the year and how much money you had, you either went to Kathmandu, which was north, or you went to Goa which was in the south, and uh, I found it quite heartening in a way, because I said to him, um, you know, when you were in Goa, did you see any traces of, of hippiedom? And he said, yeah, you still find guys and, and women there in their 60s and 70s <laughs> who have stayed on Never in left. Goa, and they run little cafes yeah. and bars and things like that. So some people did stay. Some people yeah. did stay. Just like there was a wonderful... Uh, program a few TV program many years ago. I think I think it maybe was called the Raj Trilogy, something like that. And that was about uh, British colonials who actually, in fact, I think I think the book is probably called Staying On. These are people who stayed on in India when the British moved out because India 
it does get a grip on you and I think for a lot of people they really fall in love with it and they become Indian, probably mm. more Indian than the Indians. I can imagine so on the next one, there. I think you're leaving me at the moment in complete squalor with me sweaty boots and me denim suit and me granddad shirt travelling on a horribly crowded train across a steel girder bridge crossing the Indus and anticipating ending up in New Delhi, New, New, New Delhi. Just praying you end up in New, New Delhi. Where we could get the golden ticket, the visa to go to Kathmandu. So in the next episode, guys, if it's okay with you, I'll give you my overwhelming uh, sensations of, of being in India back in that time. And... Um, I'll give you some insight into what we got up to in Delhi, or rather what uh, Barney got up to in Delhi, <laughs> because the, the Bartiki nicked is actually hanging up in all oh, the hallway. Well, I'm okay with hearing that. Yeah, I'm okay with hearing that. Okay with I'm that. okay with hearing that. <laughs> is everyone else okay with yeah, hearing that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, are we, are we going to call it time there? Then? Yeah, I think so, time. yeah. Time. Um, Drink your glasses. Yeah, we can go enjoy the, the rest of the sun, get some air. I'm, I'm currently melting. I am, I'm <laughs> melting as well. Uh, you know, it, it's always fun. Like, I know my dad pointed out before that it's not a geography lesson, but I will, will admit I'm learning. It was I'm never, learning a lot as well. It was never my strongest subject, so I'm actually learning on the way here with geography. Um, so, yeah, we're finally making it to India. Yeah. You know, the road to India. Uh, back passage to India. Back passage to India. The Arsenal's Guide to India. I think something that I would love to do is what my dad touched upon. You know, if you are listening to this and you know of anyone that has done the journey themselves, like we put them onto the podcast, and we we would actually love talking to. Them. We have actually had a comment on iTunes of someone who's done it. Oh really? In the seventies, and he said it's a good reminder of like the history. Oh, really? oh really? Oh, there we go. Wow, what's so, his name? Don't know. I feel like because this is a joy with the days of Facebook, we could probably hunt you if they're still alive. We could hunt you. <laughs> <laughs> I meant it in terms of they could be in a brothel somewhere in India without Facebook, but we could hunt them down. So yeah, we'll uh, wrap it up here, Chris. Um, yes. I was I was going to get you to do the sign off, okay? Because I always forget. You always so forget. I'm, so I'm going to test you today. Okay. So Chris, where can they tweet us? So it's at a pint with Peter on Twitter. Okay, and if they want to e- email us, a pint with Peter at gmail.com. And that's why he is the brains of the thing. Right, so thanks everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>